on this week's episode of Polk and Kush, the Pelicans are making things interesting again as New Orleans starts to turn the corner on vaccination week. We have so much going on with this franchise. And then, of course, the New Orleans Saints with some off-the-field struggles. We've got the worst of the week. We've got Polk news. we got overrated. we got underrated. Everything that you can think of is coming up right here on this very podcast. So stick around for Polk and Kush. Come everyone to Poke and Kush. It's March 31st, 2001. I'm Scott Kush. 2001? Jesus. <laughs> I'm 20 years off. Oh, God, we're not starting over. I'm Scott Kusher. I'm here with Andrew Polk. It's, it's Polk and Kush. It's 2021. I wish it was 2001. <laughs> I had a lot more fun in Man, 2001. <laughs> I had a lot more hair in 2001. I was always straightening it. I think that's what happened. <laughs> that's what happened, it. and it all fell out. <laughs> uh, we are no longer in the Bud Light Lime studio. No, we are at the Epic Stork studio, Epic Stork Hospitality. Look them up on Instagram. They were kind enough to share their space with us. The Bud Light Lime Studio. Goodbye. Yeah, I uh, I was moving earlier than I thought. Basically, my friend with a van was like, hey, if you want to move, you got to move today. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I did, but I'd already set all my utilities to turn on on the first. So now I'm just a man <laughs> with an air mattress in an empty, completely empty Bud Light Lime Studio. So you just get very drunk, or what's the secret sauce? No, here? I got to keep the fridge clean. I can't. <laughs> I'll get drunk, and then I'll go get Taco Bell. The place is spotless. <laughs> but we're going to have a new studio next week. Yeah. New sponsor. Yeah. Something. We got a lot going on. Yeah. So the Bud Light Lime Studios held very strong for about 40 weeks. Uh, what a run. What a run it had. I feel like we need a tribute video for it's it. where dreams started <laughs> it's where they went to die i think normally well. <laughs> it's where dreams ended but the podcast is where the first dream started in that place just like uh you know steve jobs's garage yeah the bud light lime studio will but live steve on jobs forever. didn't live in the garage that was the difference between me and steve <laughs> it wasn't the only room <laughs> that he lived in <laughs> I like how people say stuff like that. They're like, well, Steve Jobs started in a garage. Oh, was he also a genius? Okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he, was, he, he also knew how to do computers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, used to, I used to be an extra in a lot of movies, and everyone, all the most delusional extras, would say, well, Brad Pitt was an extra. It's like, was he also the most handsome man alive and a very good actor? Okay, well, I think... <laughs> it's like, it like yeah the fact he was a uh, ridiculously good looking tends to uh to, to be a, a little leg up you know might be yeah so so we're gonna have a new studio sponsor soon but we also have a new real sponsor well a returning sponsor a returning sponsor ale on oak is back we'll give them the full spiel uh shortly keep a listen for that uh but ale on oak welcome back it is great to have you of course jansen patagna always on board we have terrific 
sponsors uh, on this show. We could not be happier. The support that you all have given us uh, when it comes to merch, when it comes to sponsors, uh, it really does mean a lot. And uh, the fact that, you know, two douchebags uh, with microphones can go ahead and get sponsorships uh, and, and do a show that they enjoy doing is a, uh, a real tribute to America. Yeah, right now. the sponsors have, you know, weathered the hard times. They've, yes. they've endured all of the hate you receive on Twitter <laughs> on a daily basis. They put up with my antics to a lesser degree, and, you know, we're, we're happy for it. Yes, yeah, so the Polk and Kush podcast in very good hands uh, as we near our one-year anniversary, uh, and this is, uh, it's all good stuff, and... Quite frankly, things in New Orleans uh, are looking pretty decent. They're on the up and up. The world is getting a little better. There's people in the streets. I was out a lot last weekend thanks to a, a birthday extravaganza, and I started it at a Pelicans game. Wow. I went to an actual real-life Pelicans game, and it was pretty fun. Whose name did you use to get in there? Because <laughs> we know Kushner and Polk are banned from entering the arena. I had that mustache and glasses yeah. thing, you know. <laughs> like, uh, I, like- yes, don't worry. I'm Chris Catan, <laughs> the star of Corky Romano. <laughs> You might remember me from the Double Tree in Lafayette. Uh, wh- uh, who did you see him play? Denver. Uh, thankfully, left after the third quarter, so no. did not see the uh, complete meltdown. You but- wanted to beat traffic from the eighty-seven <laughs> people there. Uh, we had a dinner reservation, so because <laughs> <laughs> everything closed at eleven, so you better go eat. You know, um, so we left at whatever, like eight forty-five to go eat, and yeah, I missed the fourth quarter. I was on the verge of blackout drunk. I, I wasn't that bad. I was very drunk. I was having a very good time. And uh, when I got like 50 texts in the middle of dinner that they had melted down and lost, I tweeted, imagine being a Pelicans fan and not hating yourself. <laughs> I saw that and thought it was very funny. I didn't know that anyone would care about it. People got real mad. Well, <laughs> I'm not deleting it and I'm not apologizing for it. It's but be- I do regret it. It's because you're telling it's because you're holding a mirror up to society <laughs> and everyone seeing themselves. I'm a real truth teller. I'm like Lenny Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Lenny. Not funny and a Jew. <laughs> I'm glad that you don't apologize for tweets. Don't take I don't them apologize. down. Um, also, anybody that's affected by that is who the tweet is about. Yeah. Exactly. It's I'm like, a Pelicans fan, and I hate myself. I, I mean, it was like just a little, and it was also just like uh, the way people reacted was like, I'm very happy. I play with my kids, and I compartmentalize. I was like, all right. I was like, good. I was like, I don't care. Like, well, this I'm is, not speaking. I don't, I don't know that you hate your life. It was a joke. <laughs> Clearly, it was a joke. I don't assume anything about your life because you like the Pelicans. Well, the, that is kind of reflective of when you were uh, tweeting and Mrs. Demps responded and said you were an oh, unhappy yeah. person. That was a miserable. Uh, yeah, so a hashtag miserable. So you did a little learning, talked to your therapist, and realized she was correct. She was right. <laughs> <laughs> she was right all along. Everyone's miserable. Uh, I mean, if you follow this team close enough, it's it's impossible to not feel little, at least a little bit tortured uh, because every time you think you have something tangible to hang on to, it tends to slip away. And every time your hopes go up, they seem to get dashed. But right now is one of those weeks. Right now is one of those cycles where it's very hard to look at this team and not see some promise. 
uh, because they have performed well. They've won four out of five. They have uh, really not had like a total stink bomb with the exception of a fourth quarter or two uh, in the last couple of weeks. Like they seem to be kind of putting it together. Whether or not it's enough to be considered a good team is a totally different argument, but it does feel as if they are more comfortable together. It feels like they are a, uh, a legitimate team that is not an embarrassment to watch. Man, this show's a roller coaster. <laughs> People listen to this show are like, "What are? Th- oh, now they now they love the now Pelicans." Love, I don't. Like, there's no love. It's just to say, I think I I think their improvement should be noted. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned they have not had any true stinkers other than a couple fourth quarters, but I think that could be uh, said for most of the season. Actually, maybe yeah. forty out of forty-five games, <laughs> Pelicans haven't really just gotten blown out of the water that much. But seeing them adjust in the fourth quarter, particularly Brandon Ingram stepping up, making a very big shot against the Celtics. Yeah, that was good to see. That was uh, it felt like a really big moment watching that because they I believe Boston was on a 15-0 run uh, after being down by 17. Yeah, you get to do that against the Pels in the fourth <laughs> quarter. You're going to get 12 in a row at least. Yeah, it was like up. I think they were up 16, and it was a 14-0 run, and it was like right there nip and tuck, and the Pelicans basically needed to score, and Brandon Ingram went down and hit a really difficult turnaround jumper, which basically sealed the game. That was the kind of shot they could not get against Portland the other week uh, when they blew a 17-point lead, one of the biggest in the history of the NBA, uh, in the last six minutes. So Ingram gets that shot. Not only does it uh, kind of change the storyline for the Pelicans, it's certainly a big storyline for Ingram in particular, whose clutch numbers and 70-something minutes this year were abysmal, uh, much worse than the rest of his season. And it was an argument that you know was had after they beat Dallas. Was I think I asked Stan Van Gundy about it, and he got super defensive about Brandon Ingram's clutch numbers, basically saying that it's a bullshit stat, that it's a it's it's meaningless because the sample's so small. Uh, and then B.I. goes out and hits that shot. So I guess that is important, right? That he made it and that it's like, does that change the narrative for you that he's like a clutch player now? I don't really like all those super next-gen stats, like yeah. clutch point, like very, like your, your, uh, productivity level during the clutch i don't know if that's really quantifiable sure it's certain you know growing up with 90s basketball you didn't you said players were clutch yeah. because you never remembered the games where michael jordan missed <laughs> yeah, the game-winning shot you know he has a quote about like you know i missed you know 500 fucking game-winning shots people yeah. never talk about that so i don't really buy into into the numbers of him not being a good clutch player but i buy into seeing it live and uh, it didn't change too much. Is there a hump that he got over, or did he just That's, come through once? Yeah, and, I, and tw- twice, really. He played twice, very well yeah. down the stretch against Dallas. Now, that Dallas team... I'm not, I'm not trying to talk shit. No, I'm no, just, no. Yeah. I agree. Like, there is, like, a, a medium ground, right? It's like, he probably wasn't as bad in those other clutch moments as we pinned on him and he probably is not as good as that one turnaround jumper against Boston and, and beating a Luca list and Porzingis list Dallas team down the stretch. But I do think it matters. The fact that he's able to do it like those things, he wants the ball late in the game and bless him for that because that is not every guy. Like there are a lot of players take a long time before they really want the ball down the stretch. He wants it. And 
you got to finish at some point when you do when you're the guy who wants the ball you got to finish and he did do that now if that shot rims out and they lose that boston game this podcast is a complete dumpster fire. oh for sure and we're just losing our minds <laughs> that they can't finish fourth quarters and that whatever so but that, now we're pulling out our monocles yeah. and jeweler's <laughs> eyes go well i don't know if this actually changes anything it's a good thing i'm we're of course happy that it happened does does it change anything for the team I don't know. They I, seem to be getting a little bit better mm-hmm. right now. Sure. I, you can't say over a month. You can't say over a couple of weeks. But right now, the last four or five games have gotten better. And you yes. can take that for what it's worth, which is a better team, a more exciting team to watch. Yeah. And, and the fact that Brandon Ingram can at least shift that narrative to some degree does matter a lot for him, for this team, as you look about the future We've talked so much about Lonzo Ball. You've talked so much about Zion. B.I., I feel like, is sort of the only thing about him. He's having a great season, but the thing about him that people have talked about is how bad he's been in the clutch. And it had gotten to the point where I think it pissed off a lot of guys inside the Pelicans. And when David Griffin had not tweeted in, like, over a month, it was like 34 days since his last tweet, and he went out and basically wrote, like, yeah, I heard B wasn't clutch or something like that. I heard B can't make clutch shots. And it's like when... Your GM <laughs> currently in 11th place in the West is going on Twitter to chirp. Uh, it means it was a pretty significant. Yeah, the the exact tweet was, but B's no good in the clutch, I heard. Oh. So, I mean, he's going to chirp. That means he's standing up for his guy. Yeah, I respect it. But, I mean, it's a little petty, but everybody here is petty, so <laughs> what's the difference? Um, but I, I do think that it is more meaningful, number one, because – Van Gundy really stood up for him hard two days before that. And then the fact that Griffin went for him, too. It does show that there is a level of like, hey, y'all shut the fuck up about this. Yeah. Well, that seems to be kind of the uh, uh, theme with the Pelicans as of late. <laughs> yeah. We got, you know, some chirping going on from uh, Mr. Hart. Yeah. Fan favorite, favorite of the podcast. Sure. And he's telling us personally to shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's literally the words <laughs> that he used. Uh, I believe uh, referring to Eric Bledsoe, yeah. who has been target of uh, Pell's Twitter for the last however long. and Target of correct truth tellers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. every analytic and I mean, I test analytic, whatever you want to say. They've all been bad for Eric Bledsoe this year. Everybody's talking about benching him, that he has no value to the team, and he does. He did help a lot the last two games. He played well, and uh, Josh Hart says the critics don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Exact words. Well, I mean, that's great that he's sticking up for a teammate, and you know they seem to have a little camaraderie of of they they're sticking up for one another. They they seemingly respect one another. There's yeah. no strife within the team. All that stuff is good. And obviously, Josh Hart, what are you going to say? You're going to go, yeah, I should have his <laughs> starting. Phys- I know you can't say that. Yeah. However, come on. Yeah. We know. Yeah. Yeah. He's been bad. And that's okay to say he's been bad. Uh, I think the general theme of what we're talking about here, though, is a, a, a group that feels disrespected, uh, a group that acknowledges the uh the fact that they are probably better 
than the record says they are at this moment. I would agree with that. And I think they believe that, which is probably more important than anything, that they think they're a playoff team that just so happens to currently be in 11th place in the West. Well, I'm glad that they have this attitude right now. I wish it was towards other teams and not (laughs) journalists or Twitter. (laughs) I wish it was on the court instead of on the phone. But, you know, you take what you can get. And if you want to talk about this team becoming a playoff team, now is the time. Yes. uh, The team in front of them is Sacramento. They're obviously whatever. And then Golden State, and they're obviously not what they were. I mean, Golden State, with the exception of Steph Curry, it's a pretty mediocre team uh, at the moment. So that is two very grabbable spots, especially if you just continue to play the way they do. The problem for this team and I've been accused so many times of being too negative on this podcast, but the problem is that you don't know what you're going to get the next day. Like, you you have no clue from a night-to-night basis which Pelicans team is going to show up, and so what's coming up is, like, Atlanta and Orlando and, like, Houston. games that are... Yeah, Houston. Games that are super winnable and that you should be able to build a nice little streak here and probably get yourself into that, you know, right into the 10th seed by the end of a week or two here. But, you, I mean, I, I'm not going to predict that. Like, that's a crazy thing to do, to, to think you're going to know anything about what this team is capable of on a night-to-night basis. Yeah, and it, it's one thing for us to not know which team is going out there. But very frank and honestly, uh, you know, Stan Van Gundy has said, I don't know which team is coming out. <laughs> yeah, and, and that means a ton that he... So when, when Van Gundy, who at least is, is he did acknowledge defense is playing more consistently, I think they're 13th in uh, since the Timberwolves game. They're 13th in the NBA in defensive rating. They've played some bad teams in that mix, but at the same time, or teams without their stars. Um, there is an acknowledgement that things are moving in the right direction without, with an understanding that there's enough evidence out there to not predict what's coming. It's, it, there's no corner turned. It is a, as Stan Van Gundy has said a million times, there is no such thing as turning a corner. It is one long road straight uphill. And, uh, and right now they're playing well, and they've got uh, nothing but opportunity in front of them, but you just never know what you're going to get. Yeah, I agree with the terminology of the, the Pelicans aren't going to turn a corner. They're too young of a team to mm-hmm. really do that. Nothing drastic has happened to them. Nothing drastic is going to happen to them. Yeah. But they seem to be getting better. And the fact that we haven't even mentioned how Zion is playing currently is a testament to how well the team has been doing, I think. Yeah. Uh, Zion has been putting up prime Shaquille numbers. Crazy. And it is, there's no slowing them down. There's no stopping them. It's getting better and better. And the Pelicans with them. It's 50 to 60% or better from the field every single game. Right? Yeah. Every game. It's 50-60%, and he's scoring at least 20 points every single game. It's a level of consistency and volume and production, and he's on the ball. So it's not like he's just like standing in the block and just catching post-ups and, you know, or putting back, put back dunks. He's the freaking point guard, like yeah. the, um, three-quarters of the game. <laughs> it is insane what this guy is doing, and it, it is easy to uh, for it to get lost in the shuffle of the NBA because the team is kind of blah. Uh, but what he's doing, if the Pelicans were 10 games over 500, he'd be uh, among the MVP candidates right now. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, it's also nice to see a lot of the criticisms about Zion's game being addressed. I mean, he is taking it to actual sinners. Yeah. He, you know, he's demolishing Rudy Gobert all season. Yeah. He, f- he fucked over the Nuggets. <laughs> yes. And then he had 38 in the next game, too. His size is not an issue. No. He's... You know, he didn't grow like people were maybe predicting or anything (laughs) like that. He slimmed down. He shrunk a little bit. But the, you know, what we've seen is is MVP level stuff. There's no way to defend it. And it's now gotten to the point where it's almost expected. Where it's it's like this guy is going to put the ball in his hands. He's going to make the right play nine out of ten times. And when he gets to the rim, he's going to finish nine out of ten times. And so at, at a certain point you're going like well it doesn't really matter what they have to do otherwise as long as he's in there they're going to be productive on offense their defense is still a question mark but offensively i don't know how you stop a team that has a guy like him playing at the level he is it's very similar to me in a totally different way but very similar to me to like when dame lillard's really hot or when james harden was in the zone that he was in like you are not going to stop them offensively no matter really what you do. Yeah, we haven't seen any teams try to. You know, the double team with Zion doesn't really work because he's a very good passer. Yeah. And uh, as recently as the Boston game, Zion has stepped up on defense. You know, he had a great uh, play at the end of the game with uh, Jason Tatum going to the rim, and Josh Hart stepped up and helped him out. And that yeah. was. I hadn't seen too many defensive highlights from Zion other than swatting a ball into the 20th row, but that was just like a heads-up, good-effort play that I was not used to seeing from Zion. Yeah, and his give-a-shit meter about winning seems to be very high. Yeah. uh, That he doesn't really ever talk about his stats. He doesn't really ever... He's not on Instagram after the game posting pictures of dunks after, you know, they blow fourth (laughs) quarters. Like, he's got the give-a-shit level high. I don't think there's a single player from the last... Five games, really, with the exception of, you know, Ingram had some lows there uh, against Denver. But you couldn't say that anyone's trajectory right now across the roster, with the exception of Lonzo, who's not playing, uh, that anyone's trajectory is necessarily down. Jackson Hayes is playing well. Nikhil Alexander-Walker's playing well. Kyra Lewis is like the most popular player in the entire team right now. Are you forgetting about Willie? Yeah, yes. I will. Willie Hernan, Billy, uh, yeah. is uh, not, I guess, playing very much, but. Basically, everyone in that rotation, I think there's like a positive vibe around right now, and that's a rare thing to see. Now, uh, if they can creep into the playoff race, I think all they've got to do, and we've said it several times here, get to 500, get into that 10 seed, get yourself some real meaningful basketball games, and then figure out what you're going to do this offseason. I think you will have a very positive outlook for this franchise which was very hard to think about even like three weeks ago. For sure. Uh, it's going to be fun to see. It's also been fun seeing Nikhil in the starting lineup. He's a dog, man. I, do, I like it. He's a dog. He's, he can play. I don't know. He's not great. He picked the exact wrong time to shine. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, but, you know, he's shining at least. Yeah. Oh, he's got a ton of open looks, though, which I think helps anybody yeah. in his position where he was shooting like shit for basically the entire season. And now Zion's got the ball. There's four guys surrounding Zion every time he dribbles past the free throw line. It's like, yeah, just pass it to the wide open guy standing out there who shoots the moonshot and puts it in. And uh, and and that's what and he actually defends. He plays really hard. I just you can feel like all those picks 
that were benched. I mean, they weren't just like playing badly. They were completely benched on back-to-backs. And now they're all contributing at a pretty high level to winning basketball. It is a crazy sea change to occur in a month. Yeah. Uh, Stan is making the right choices with a young team right now. And it's yeah. really the only choice he had. Because what <laughs> are you going to burn these picks? I'm, I'm glad they're seeing time. And the team is better because of it. Moving Redick helped. And him not coming back from the All-Star break helped. And Lonzo not playing since the break has also helped. Those, those couple things, which seem like they would be bad, have actually been good. Does this change the trajectory of Lonzo Ball? It has to, right? I if would, this keeps up. I mean, it has to. It's going to lower the price point if he actually wants to stay, which is not true. No. Like, I saw people <laughs> tweeting, like, Lonzo said he wanted. No, <laughs> fuck off. Everyone says that to their yeah. employer while they're like put, printing out resumes <laughs> and sending them, on, like posting them on the wall of, you know, it's like there's, I mean, there's no, I mean, would he stay? Yeah, because they can match his salary. It's like, but does he like desperately want to stay? Like, no, no of course not. No. And he wants to go wherever they're going to pay him the most money. And I think that's true for everybody. Yeah. So, Why wouldn't it be? I know. The Griff like reacted with this. You know, fervor emoji. Nobody knows. Nobody understands anything about Lonzo, and he's the most over covered player with all this stuff. And it's like, he, there's a lot of guys who are like that. It's like, is he gonna resign? Is he gonna get traded? Like, he was a logical candidate to get traded. He's a logical candidate to leave in free agency. There's really none of it is is hyperbole. Now, the of course, if you follow like Bleacher Report, there's hyperbole, but it's like it all makes sense. The fact that rumors swirl around this guy because. Anything he does makes perfect sense. <laughs> like coming back makes sense. Leaving makes sense. Trading him makes sense. Everything makes sense. You can you can argue for every single possible path. You know, I, I, I think Lonzo is, a you know, a bright spot whenever he's got it going on. But do people give a fuck about Lonzo outside of New Orleans right now? Yes. In stands? In Chicago? Yeah. <laughs> Have you been on Twitter and seen the Lonzo no. stands? No, I have not. There's like a group of like QAnon, except for it's like Zoanon. And it is all they think about is how Lonzo is performing. And it is the strangest group of people because he's not good. Be. Like LeBron has that, but he's LeBron. Yeah. There's that for Lonzo, and it's really weird. It's got to be like LeVar just buying the Russian bots that made us all vote for <laughs> yeah. Trump. He just like bought up the old ones and reprogrammed them to talk about Lonzo. <laughs> Some bot farm in Estonia that's just tweeting out Lonzo ball on off stats. The I whole mean, time. when you put it together, okay, the players haven't been able to go out and party. They can't hang out together. They can't do anything. Where are they? They're on their phones all day long. You telling me Lonzo Ball or his father or his brothers don't have 500 Twitter accounts and they just respond all <laughs> Kevin Durant, the best player in the NBA That's has true. burner accounts replying to <laughs> me, you know, <laughs> fucking nobody. There are hundreds of these Zoanons though, man. It's wild. <laughs> it's it's a wild scene because every now and then they'll pop up in my feed whenever you say something negative about Lonzo or positive about something else that's not Lonzo uh -oh. related and they're like this trash franchise Lonzo's saving them. It's like whatever. <sighs> Covering the Pelicans is the weirdest like for the being the smallest media market in the league it is such a weird scene with Pelicans Zion fans and are weird Everything the media is weird the office is weird it's a weird time the podcasts are good though. the podcast <laughs> chef's kiss 
we'll be back. We've got a sponsor read. We've got Saints news, uh, a brilliant uh, off-season maneuver by Marshawn Lattimore to accept gifts. Uh, and we will be back right after this. This episode brought to you by our old friends who are back, Ale on Oak Street. It is the best patio in Uptown New Orleans. Beautiful people, beautiful weather, wonderful food, beers everywhere. There's nothing like a night or a day at Ale on Oak Street. Full menu. And guess what, Polk? What? This weekend's the final four. Oh, my goodness. Can you think of a better place to watch it than on the patio at Ale with a gazillion TVs out there, the food all over the place, the beers all over the place, the women, the men? What could be better than being at Ale on Oak? They have 30 beers on tap. It's crazy. And they're all good. I've tried them all. <laughs> I, usually, I do it like a suicide. Oh, you know? yeah. Like, just give me a little each. Like a little, just a mix, you know? Uh, if you came to the live show, that was at Ale on Oak. But we're, you know, we're past all of the phases. All that stuff is Ale on Oak is open and ready for business. And they uh, sincerely have the best patio in Uptown. Uh, it's spaced out nice. There's a million TVs. And you can watch some March Madness. Exactly. So... Final four, uh, wanted like that late afternoon start, couldn't be better. And then going forward on Saturdays, not this week coming up, but starting then going forward, uh, crawfish season in full effect. Everywhere you go, it's like, you know, $55 a pound to oh, get crawfish. Yeah. I mean, I think I went somewhere two weeks ago, it was like ten fifty a pound. Uh, crawfish, boiled, right there, six bucks a pound, comes with the fixins. Hang out on the patio, drink beer, eat crawfish. I, I literally can't think of a better time and why we even have to sell this to you. Yeah. Because this is where you should be hanging out. The uh, weather is perfect. The weather is perfect right now. And when was the last time you ate crawfish around other people? Yeah, exactly. Dude. Do it. Go to Ale on Oak. Right there. Oak, a block off of Carrollton. You tell them that we sent you because... We love Ale and Oak, and they love us, and they are going to be a sponsor on this program, and we are so very happy to have them back. Tell them Polk and Kush sent you. Yes, indeed. And that will take us into our Saints News of the Week, which has absolutely nothing to do with Ale and Oak, but does have to do <laughs> with a stolen gun that Marshawn Lattimore received. Why are these guys carrying guns? Like, it just Marshawn Lattimore, that's like a $40 million mistake. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the dumbest thing I can possibly imagine. Do you think he didn't even, like, he doesn't want the preliminary hearing. I don't know if that means he's guilty or if he's admitting it. It's a fourth-degree felony. Uh, for those who didn't read the story, he was uh, arrested in Cleveland uh, because he was in possession of a stolen firearm that, again, fourth-degree uh, felony. It could come with a 180-day prison sentence. Jesus. It's really just, if you want to walk around with a gun... I might not agree, but there are ways to do it. Yeah. If you have unlimited wealth, unlimited connections, <laughs> yeah. I bet you could get a legal gun. I don't know. He was in Ohio. They don't have laws in Ohio. <laughs> They're going to pull him over. He has a gun. They're going to give him a, a ribbon. They're going to give him the cop's badge and go, here, you can have this now. 
What are you doing? It's like, yeah, I played cornerback for Ohio State. Remember me? They're like, oh, yeah. This kind of stuff is why whenever athletes start telling you who to vote for <laughs> and talk about, like, China and political situations, it's like, should we? I don't, you know. <laughs> it's like your voice doesn't really mean any more than anybody else. This is these <laughs> are the dis- these are the decisions you make with unlimited wealth and opportunities. He, so, what more can you say about it? It's crazy. I don't know what the Saints do. He's obviously up for a contract extension. Uh, he's been a great cornerback, not yeah. good, like a great cornerback at times. He's not terribly consistent. There are games where you're like, I did. March on sleep through the meetings this week. Uh, but he obviously, you know, shutting down Mike Evans as often as he has and all this stuff, he's clearly got greatness in him and was a great draft pick when they took him. Uh, but this is just such a bafflingly stupid decision by him if this turns out to net him either a major suspension or actual prison time. It seems like these guys always avoid prison time right? 180 days does he have to do that all at once i don't i would assume he can't just go that like custody and go like every other weekend <laughs> for the next 20 yeah, years going on mondays <laughs> come out on thursdays i'm gonna go in 2076 don't worry i'll be there <laughs> minimum security prison in 20 oh yeah, bonehead it's really bad that's a bad situation because now if he's like really suspended too uh, or in jail, I suppose. Like the Saints have zero quarterbacks. Can the Saints stop? I don't know. Junior Gallette. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> and that's things they had largely. I mean, I guess Onyemata. Didn't Onyemata get caught with a gun? I don't know. I think that happened recently. But for the most part, they haven't had like the major, uh, you know, the 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 huge scandals when it comes to off field stuff. Uh, but this one's pretty bad. That's a really dumb thing to do by a guy who you very much needed. It, it's pretty stupid. People don't like the Saints. <laughs> People don't like the Saints anymore. They used to be a cool team, but yeah. now it's bad press every single way you look at it. Yeah. From Bounty Gate to the criminals that have been on the team <laughs> to the Catholic church stuff. Yeah. I was going to say the breeze stuff caused a lot of hot the breeze water. stuff. You know, people got mad about that because there wasn't much to do. Well, then. like the, then, when he was dating to the pray gay away stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. There's been how a, did that work out? By the way, did they <laughs> did pray? They, did they pray it away? Did it stop? <laughs> <laughs> Is everyone cured? Oh no, it's still, <laughs> still gay people. All right. Oh, okay. I, I guess maybe try a little harder. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, throwing a penny into the fountain, right? Like, there's no, that's the exact same. Uh, it just, it, it sucks that therapy. you can't talk, you can't talk shit anymore back to people that talk shit about the Saints. Just like, yep. Yeah. Yeah, we did all dress up as referees that Mardi Gras. <laughs> we sure did. <laughs> uh, so... The Lattimore situation will play itself out. It is a huge story. That is something that we'll have to watch. I don't really know much about it. It seems like an incredibly dumb thing for him to do. Hopefully, the the headlines and the allegations are worse than the actual crime. Uh, it sounds pretty bad though. So let's uh, let's hope it's you know minimized. Uh, in other very quick Saints news, uh, the Saints sign defensive end. I'm not even going to pretend to pronounce this guy's name. Tano Kapasagan. Kasagan? Sagan? Sagan? Sagan. 
Okay, whatever. Uh, he had 28 tackles in a sack. In Kansas, again. <laughs> Kansas City, he's played like four years. I'm sure there will be a couple training camp stories about how this guy is amazing, and then he'll probably get like <laughs> you know 12 tackles during the season. I'm going to say sauce again. <laughs> That's possible, yeah. Possigan? The K know. has to be silent. If only we'd done mere seconds of research. <laughs> Welp. Go to another podcast of yeah. that. But I promise you there will be one story. I'll read it here <laughs> about how great he is in training camp and about how he's about to take over. And every now and again, that's true. Like Trey Hendrickson, they had like all this stuff about Trey Hendrickson. I was like, oh, this loser white guy from Florida Atlantic. I'm sure he's going to tear it up. And it's like, oh, yeah, he stacked Tom Brady like 11 plays in a row. Uh, so anyway, I guess this is like one of the replacements for uh, for Trey Hendrickson. I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, so. We'll see. Yep. Uh, and then the last piece of Saints news is Jameis Winston uh, went on a podcast this week and said, uh, quote, I just wanted a one-year deal to show that I can be an elite quarterback, that I will protect the football, and that I am a CEO. I am ready to lead a team, ready to lead an organization, and lead a community to happiness. Vote for Jameis. <laughs> I'm in. And I've then, totally changed my tune. And all that stuff could happen, and then I'll leave. Yes, exactly. And that was basically and what he... And then cha-ching. <laughs> That's basically what he's he's saying. Uh, I didn't want to take less money because I think I can be really good and go get a gigantic contract from somewhere else if I have a really good season with the Saints. I'm just happy about him bringing the happiness to the city. Yeah, I could, <laughs> use, I could use some. I'll take some. All us Pelicans fans could use some, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, that's just a great quote. That's just like, bring happiness I'm James Winston, and I want to be your congressman. <laughs> like this, literally, uh, just a just a quote full of empty promises. Uh, uh, it makes me uplifted. He sounds like he really wants to be good, so that's good. It's better than you know, like Andy Dalton. He's like, yeah, if I just you know throw less interceptions and touchdowns, I think you guys will be happy. He doesn't right? want to lead anybody to happiness. Yeah, Andy Dalton just wants to. Get paid and get laid. <laughs> <laughs> Not like Jameis, though. Not like Jameis. Congressman Jameis is going to take us to the promised land. Yeah. The CEO. Jameis, the CEO. That's what I've always heard about. And him. then he's going to outlaw Uber. <laughs> Crawfish prices <laughs> no, will go through the roof. The CEO of Lyft, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, Jameis... Uh, God bless him. He's going for it. So I think we're a lot of these Jameis quotes that are very uh, colorful language and, uh, you know, beautiful imagery. And uh, and then he'll throw a pick six in the first game and everyone will <laughs> vomit on their shoes. And, uh, anyway, I thought that was a fun quote. So not a lot to talk about with the Saints. Uh, they're coming up on, on, you know, the ability to start signing their free agents. That will be a huge uh, part of what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Thank God. So we'll get into that, uh, but for now, we're moving to Polk, Polk News. news. <sighs> oh, yes. Uh, have you been watching the Women's March Madness? There's also a Women's March Madness. <laughs> yeah. There's a Women's Final Four. You can gamble on it. Can you? You can. They have lines on women's basketball? Sure they do. I didn't know that. I don't know if they do. I presume <laughs> that they Probably do. I'm the a gambler. Why don't they? I don't, I've never seen a line for women's basketball because the literally because UConn wins by like 50. You can't set a line for something that high. Well, speaking of UConn, they got away with a wildly 
obvious foul on the last shot of the game against I saw, Baylor. I saw on Twitter everyone was freaking out. I didn't yeah, see the play. It was absurd. She got fouled twice. They didn't call anything. UConn wins. That's LeBron crazy. James called it out. <laughs> LeBron right. James tweeted about it, and Gino Oriema, the coach of UConn, responded in the press conference <laughs> and was like, I'm sure you've won games with obvious foul, and you didn't go back and go, hey, we should have lost. So even he admitted it was a terrible call? Like, it was that Gino obvious? Gino did yeah. not. He, like, pointed to other instances in the game where, like, okay. UConn got fouled, shit like that. He went Sean McVay on Yeah. It. Everyone on Baylor, uh, Coach Kim Mulkey, she, yeah. uh, she pointed it out. The players said she got hit by two girls. It was a big deal. It was very obvious, too. And, you know, UConn's a, you know, they've got some home cooking going because they're the only fucking women's basketball team anyone watches or knows about. So they want to get them in there. It would be big money if they don't. Uh, Kim Mulkey, who, you know, used to be the assistant coach at Louisiana Tech. Sure, that was a good move. Won the first uh, women's national championship in 1982 and then later (laughs) won one as a coach. (laughs) You're not bitter about them not hiring her, right? Dude, they uh, <laughs> biggest well, women's basketball fan I know. Well, she got in big trouble in that same press conference because she said that they need to stop COVID testing teams once they get to the final four. <laughs> she's not even in the final four, right? No. I mean, you just said they lost. So, yeah, yeah. she's not in it. But she literally said, like, they should just not Don't, COVID test. Yeah, because if you, you know, it's, it's somebody on the team has COVID, they have to forfeit the game. She said that's not fair for a final four. It's not fun. It's not rewarding the players. But they have coronavirus, well, which they, is contagious. Yeah, they, is it more fun if everyone gets coronavirus? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of agree with her. <laughs> I mean, unless you vaccinate all the teams, I'm fine with that. She probably doesn't like the vaccine, I would imagine. <laughs> she has, probably not she a, has an anti-vaxxer's haircut. I would say that. Absolutely. Yes. She looks like a Designing Women character. <laughs> she, she seems like a, uh, a real hard bargain. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but in a Macarena contest, I defeated her son, Kramer. <laughs> on the LSU yeah. shortstop. Yeah, the LSU yeah, yeah. shortstop. You whipped him? You beat him? I I danced on him real good. Were y'all next to each other, or was it like a jumbo trying to like I'm going like back? fucking 10 years older than him. <laughs> <laughs> I nailed those Macarena moves down. Stone cold. Yeah. The younger kid usually wins those things. You must have really outperformed him. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. I pushed him down. <laughs> You think he remembers it as well as you do? Probably. I, I hope he doesn't. <laughs> He's a large man, I would presume. Uh, Bruce Arians got a Super Bowl tattoo, and so did uh, Mike Evans. This was like a bet that they did where okay. like Bruce was like, I'll get a tattoo if we win. That's cowardly. Get a tattoo either way. <laughs> Super Bowl losers. losers. <laughs> Super Bowl loser tattoos. This should be a new thing. Like both teams' coaches. Should agree to get a tattoo with the final score. <laughs> no matter what it is. Not that shit where they're like, oh, if Cleveland wins, we'll send you a plate of spaghetti. Like, yeah. no. <laughs> Let's be men about this. I want Super Bowl loser tattoos. I want Mike Evans to get the final score of a game he lost tattooed on him forever. I My favorite of the tattoo trends is like uh, a team that's like super hyped coming into the season and people like fans will tattoo national Kentucky national mm-hmm. champions like on their calf, you know, 2019 Kentucky national champions like 
that didn't happen. It's like, yeah, well, it was supposed to <laughs> the 32 and oh, it's like, oh, that didn't happen. You know, like and so all these fans had these tattoos of sports events that didn't occur. And at some point in their life, I bet they'll think that it actually happened. Well, probably. I do remember the person that got the uh, the O and 16 or whatever Detroit Lions tattoo. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the, I mean, I mean, you are a man of tattoos. It yeah. feels like a very serious decision. I could never put anything on there because I, I'm too. In, I can't like pick out what I want to eat for lunch. I can't possibly imagine ever wanting to put something on my body that's that permanent. I think it's serious until you get to a certain age and you go, oh, I'm going to die. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I look like shit anyway. <laughs> and there's also probably a threshold of like, I have so many tattoos that one stupid one is not going to change. Anything. For sure. There's okay. nobody that's just covered in meaningful pieces. Most people have, you know, like wimpy from Popeye eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> or, you know, wine them, dine them, 69 them, something like that. It's not all... Led Zeppelin album covers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've read interviews like Pete Davidson and stuff. He's like, I don't know what half these are. They're so stupid. I was on so many drugs and just such a terrible whatever. But uh, there, there must be a threshold where you just don't even think about it. You just want to cover the skin. Yeah, I'm thinking they probably do that. Yeah, so anyway, hopefully we'll get a head coach soon that has that kind of body art. <laughs> he better. It'll really make it nice. Uh, Tennessee swept LSU in baseball this week. Yeah, they did. I talked a ton of shit on yeah. Twitter. It was good times. Tennessee's a baseball school now? Baseball school. I don't even care about the other sports now. We're a baseball school. <laughs> they don't school. either. I'll bring on all about the hardball. That's what we're about here in Knoxville. We're all about the uh, the stitches on the baseball. That's where. Is that what they say? That's what they say. Rocky Top is a baseball song. Uh, I hadn't watched a Tennessee baseball game in a very long time, probably last year, and uh, they, I don't think they made the tournament for like almost 15 years, like since I was like in college, and so. But we're a baseball school now. Who's the best baseball player to come out of Tennessee? I would say Todd Helton, probably. Uh, yeah, he was also the backup quarterback. Isn't that what oh, a fun wow. fact? What a fun fact. Sports Jeopardy. Yeah. Uh, so they were they, they were they went through the World Series when I was in college. No one gives a shit about this. Regardless, baseball school of the 20s. We, uh, Tennessee has not lost to LSU in baseball in this decade, and I don't think we ever will. And so I think it's a baseball school until you tell me otherwise. So talk all your shit about football. I don't even care about it. I'll be watching the Fall World Series. This is Kush's shit-talking corner, everybody. <laughs> a brand-new segment, just like all of the other ones. I went on two Baton Rouge radio shows on Monday to talk about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Invited guest. You didn't mention the podcast, did you? <laughs> oh, Andrew Polk, also a huge college baseball fan. Man. Anything else? Nah, I think it's going to do it. All right, well then, ladies and gentlemen, that takes us into your favorite part of every single week. Segments. Overrated. Overrated. Underrated. Yeah, baby, yeah. That brings us into underrated and overrated. Yes, indeed. Self-explanatory bit, I think. <laughs> yeah. Just stuff it. that's overrated and underrated. Sure. You want to kick us off? I can go first. Uh, my overrated COVID rules when it comes to r bars. I went to a restaurant in New Orleans in the warehouse district before I went to the Pelicans game. Okay. I walk into the bar and I go, I would like a drink. And they said, we can't just give you a drink. I was literally just like taking it 
to have like one drink and then walk over to the game while other people were getting ready at their hotel. They were like, we can't do that. You have to sit at a table, get a waiter and get food. And I was like, I don't want food. I'm going to the game. I don't have time to sit here and, and dine. I have a reservation in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so I, was like, I was like, so just give me a drink. And they were like, we can't just give you a drink. I was like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my I was like, what if I called in a to-go order and the to-go order was just a double vodka? And they were like, I guess we could just make give you give a to-go drink and then we can just charge you for that. And then you can sit outside of the restaurant. I was like, I'm fully vaccinated. Just let me stand here and drink a a, a freaking cocktail. So I paid $20 for a vodka drink. It was delicious. And I had it in a plastic cup five feet from the front door. I'm sure I saved a lot of lives. I'm sure this is exactly what Dr. Fauci had in mind when they came up with all the regulations. What a bunch of loopholey bullshit. Like at least in prohibition, you had to try really hard to get around the rules. These rules are so dumb and flimsy and like uh, full of just like the most obvious loopholes that I can't believe they've existed for this long and that we're like in this vaccination era where it's still going on. Like we're in phase whatever, like 6.11 and we're still doing this. I was like, guys, who cares? Like, is someone walking in here being like, that guy has a drink and no food on his table? <laughs> is this guy, that guy's sitting at a table alone with no food? Like, what is going on? It just, I mean, are you still running into this at bars that you go to? You have a life. Not the bars I go to. <laughs> the lawless pirate bars. <laughs> <laughs> well, where were where you at? Bar uh, Marilu oh, in the warehouse district. Isn't that the bar that's attached to uh, the not the Ace Hotel? It's but right, the, yeah, to uh, Maison de la Luz. I've got uh, bad news for you, Kush. I, w- I went there like three weeks ago oh, and no. was only served cocktails. No. Yes. Well, it must be the way I look. I probably look like a cop. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you're from the CDC. <laughs> I can't believe they have to go drinks at that place. That place seems very snooty and like they would not give you a, a, a plastic cup or probably yeah. a paper cup there. It was a lovely bar and I, a lovely hotel. I do like it. Yeah. And they were following the rules. I don't blame them. The rules are just insane. Like, what do you, How is it healthier that I have to get a cheese plate to go with my <laughs> cocktail? I don't want to sit there. I literally just want to drink for 10 minutes and then go meet the people I'm meeting and then walk to the arena. No, I the the bars that I've been going to, a lot of them say, "Hey, you have to have food with your drink," but the food is usually a separate entity, like it's a food truck or oh, it's something. Gotcha. So it's not going to be on the same receipt regardless. Mm. So no one really gives a fuck. Gotcha. And of course, I will buy food if I want it. Yeah, like, but you don't have to. No, you can get kicked out for not buying food. I mean, the, these bars have barely opened their doors. No one, they're still pretty empty. People aren't. They they this haven't one was full. They haven't had a chance to make any money let me give you money for the yes. love of god i know and that's why i was i was like people was just like, love rules yeah and i was like you guys really have to do this still they're like yeah i was like i literally am going to be here for 10 minutes i was like can i not just sit at this table they're like you can sit on the bench out front <laughs> i was like and i'll just cough on everyone entering the door yeah. i was like i don't know and then an what, uber what eats driver will pull up <laughs> get your drink drive around the block come back and give it to you <laughs> like this is such a like the, the this is so 
flimsy for Dude. you to have these rules. And the, remember, we went to the boot and they just threw a pizza on yeah. the table. I don't. We didn't even pay for it. They literally just tossed a pizza in the middle I think of the it's table. It's like a plastic pizza from a commercial. <laughs> yeah. It's like those Stouffer's microwavable, whatever. They were just like, take it. If you have food on the table. Uh, and then I think some places are charging like two dollar surcharges on whatever to sit down and then making you order food. I was like, guys, this doesn't. I understand you're trying to make it a restaurant, but you're still just a bar yeah. that happens to have food, which a lot of bars always did. I went to a green room in Lafayette and they just had like animal crackers and they're like, we're a restaurant now. <laughs> <laughs> there was a bar and I think it's in Bed-Stuy and they uh, they added like a you have to get something to eat menu. Yeah. And it's like three French fries for 50 cents, <laughs> like a cup of popcorn. <laughs> We have a jar of raisins. We'll sprinkle some on top of people. The, uh, just love rules, table. man. They love enforcing rules. They love tattling on people. That's oh what Twitter God. is. It's tattling. tattling. And then they want you to call and report all your friends who went to the Capitol riots. Come on. <laughs> They're just training you to snitch on your neighbor. It's like I'm all for safety. I'm all for masks. I'm all for all these things. But it's like some of these are just like, but not, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> You're just not accomplishing anything with some of these rules. Like you're, no one is healthier because I had to order a cheese plate. No, no one. So anyway, Polk, what you got overrated? Uh, I have two overrated. One is food related. Subway. Subway is the worst fast food restaurant <laughs> imaginable. The only reason people eat at Subway as adults is because when they grew up, one of their parents was in prison. <laughs> and they're just like, this is what I grew up eating. It's. It's the only fa like people always say like I could make that at home, you know, like yeah. you, you could make Wendy's at home. But do you have a deep fryer at home? No, but you could go into a gas station and walk out with a Subway <laughs> sandwich just perusing the aisle. You could make a Subway sandwich from any gas station in America. Yeah, it tastes like shit. It's bad. The bread is has so much sugar and it's not even legally considered bread. There was also that's true. There's also a, uh, a, a, a I don't know, not a survey. <laughs> the, the FDA recently oh, went okay. to Subway and uh, the tuna is like probably not tuna. Oh, God. It's questionable. There's some other shit in it. That chicken is so weird looking. It's all weird looks with the fake grill marks. Is there a is there a less appetizing place to go than a place where a 16 year old covered in sores opens up a Ziploc bag of like it looks like cat food. It's cat food. And then you're or you're demanding what they put on it like a king. It fucking so like I'll have a little spinach. You're you're paying three dollars for a foot of bread. Fuck off, dude. Yeah. And it's bad. Bad mascot. Jared. Oh, that was bad. Bad call. <laughs> that was bad before he was a pedophile. Yeah. Just, oh, you have big jeans. That's your thing. <laughs> the concept that any of us believe that you lost 200 pounds because he ate Subway sandwiches is ludicrous. Yeah. Like, were we, we ever that was that Were we ever that stupid to think that just a loaf of bread was healthy? Yes. I think we were. I think we were. I can distinctly remember in college being like, oh, I ate at Subway today, so that was healthy. Yeah, it's not fried. <laughs> exactly. It, it didn't like... come out of a hermetically sealed bag. <laughs> but it's, it's got to be healthy. I saw Jared, I, and I saw, uh, you know, that it wasn't French fries. It's like, so it has to be good for you. And it was, I thought that for years it was healthy for you. And then I started realizing how bad it tasted, and then I realized how bad it was for me. I was like, what? 
an um, unbelievable amount of meals I have wasted at this horrible <laughs> restaurant of going to bad McDonald's. I could just go to good McDonald's, you know, actual McDonald's, if I wanted to eat something that is essentially McDonald's. It's horrific. Yeah. So uh, my call. other my other one was phone cases. <laughs> Overrated phone cases. I don't I don't want my phone to feel like a Fisher Price toy. <laughs> What are the, the beaver case? The fucking it's huge. The otter box. Yeah, <laughs> close. Well, I go to Kmart and Bucky's. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Fisher Price toy when you have that thing on there, and that's the only one that works. Every other one that's like cool or whatever, yeah. you drop it and your phone's still messed up. It's just like, dude, condoms aren't cool. <laughs> They're not cool for your phone either. Just go unprotected. I like the phone case. <laughs> it saved my ass, the phone case. And now it's broken because my kids ripped mine in half. Uh, all right, so we'll move on to... Do you have more on the phone case? No, Sorry, not okay. unless you need me to. No, I'll, I'm good. Uh, underrated? Uh, live music. So we have had a dearth of live music, even in this live music capital that we live in. Uh, there's always a musician somewhere... Uh, it's back in the city. There, Tipitina's is open. Howlin' Wolf is open. Uh, I was at dining on Bourbon, uh, you know, overlooking Bourbon Street on uh, Saturday, and there was a brass band playing at Cafe Beignet, like right next door to us. There was guys on the street playing, and it was great. I was like, this is an inf- it's an infectious thing to have live music around. It's something I missed. You cannot recreate it just putting on. We live in an era of uh, speakers everywhere. Everyone, we, I've already gone about the scourge mm-hmm. of the public speaker and how people utilize those things everywhere and they blast music all over the place. Uh, but there is not quite, you can't get the feel of live music unless you're actually there. And I think it is underrated uh, because we just haven't had it for so long. So live music, welcome back. I'm not going to go pay for a show though until I'm allowed to dance because that is... I can't believe the footloose rules that we have right now. Where you have to like sit and listen to the Rebirth Brass Band. I'm like, what is the point? Like, this isn't the concerto. Like, it's Rebirth. The whole point of it is for you to move. Like, that is just get very drunk and move randomly with your body parts. So I, uh, I'm not going to do that until then. But I am very glad that musicians are playing again and that you can hear music in the air of this city. Are you a big dancer? I mean, I get drunk and I yes. Okay. I mean, dancing is a stretch. To call it dancing is a stretch. That would imply some level of choreography. Jovial moving. Yes, I do a lot of that. I'll allow. I'm not. Live music is not underrated. No one is saying (laughs) that sucks, but I'll allow it. It just hasn't been talked about much. I guess so. What you got? (sighs) Dollar Tree. The Dollar Tree. I've still never been to one. There's no one near my house. There is one near your house. Yeah. And next to my gym. <laughs> Polk's gym that is I my go house. To. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, the Dollar Tree, people talk about like, ah, it's cheap, shitty stuff. You know what? My underrated is plastic. I'm going to go with plastic <laughs> because everything you've gotten during this pandemic is throw. You remember, you remember the two things that used to be bad? Big Pharma and plastics. <laughs> And who came to the fucking rescue in 2020? (laughs) Big Pharma and plastics. Every mask, the little stretchy things, there's plastic in that. 
All the gloves. That's well. That's latex. Yeah. Well, for the most part, we'll call it all. It's all made from this it's shit. All disposable. That's, crap, you know, yeah. killing the planet. But I say good because it kept us alive. <laughs> and if you want plastic crap that will kill you, go to Dollar Tree. <laughs> Is Dollar Tree have food? Yeah, they do have food, and I've eaten it, buddy. <laughs> Is it as bad as you would think? No, it's fine. Uh, specifically, they have they have like some fresh stuff. But it is so on the cusp. Yeah. Like within 30 minutes, that's a brown banana. <laughs> they have like what's weird. They have like lunch meat, like real brand lunch meat, like Oscar Mayer and stuff. But it's got you've got like two days to eat it before it becomes vile poison. So like that one's really close to like what? Like a Rouse's right there. Right? Yeah. So you think yeah. They're literally like backing up a truck to the Rouse's and being like, everything you guys are throwing away today, like instead of giving it to the dogs. Give it to us, and we'll give it to these people who are actually dogs. I don't know shopping here. I don't know if there's haggling involved. I don't know the the line of distribution with Dollar Tree. I'll have to look into that. But I do know that sometimes you just need. I I bought uh, at that gym. They were like, "Oh, you got the, the lockers. You can buy a lock for it from yeah. us for like thirty dollars." And then lady was like, "But you could just go next door to Dollar Tree and get one for a dollar." So I did that. She didn't tell me that was a key lock. So I have a fucking key with me. In the gym. That's great. <laughs> like a magician. Yeah. I'm the fucking wishmaster walking around with keys. I'm the janitor who's also lifting. You're going to be in a straight jacket with your key in your mouth. <laughs> I don't know. If you're going to buy cheap shit, go to Dollar Tree. Okay. I, I, yeah, I've never. I need to go into that Dollar Tree. Check it out. I probably won't. But, uh, you know, I'm down with it. So that takes us into my favorite part of every single week on this year program, ladies and gentlemen, the worst. The worst. The worst is the worst thing I saw or read this week. If you've got something that you've seen that's the worst, send it to us in an email, polkandcush at gmail.com. We get those every now and then, and it's fun because then we don't have to do any work. Yeah, it's a very good point. Yes, um, we, we always appreciate your contribution. I can kick us off. The worst thing I saw was a CNBC article um, that says, do not share photos of your vaccination card. That's the, the first point, the first point, a tad salient, they say people can steal your identity. Wow. I don't know. Because your birthday's on there? My birthday's not even on mine. Mine has my name, which most people don't even know because I have a different legal name. <laughs> Jebediah. Yeah, Draymond <laughs> Benjamin. And fucking, uh, I guess... People are maybe making fake Vax cards, but you don't have to steal a photo of it for some reason. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, their main point is that posting about the vaccination underscores vaccine inequality. Oh, barf. It's simply to tell the world as soon as you receive a coveted COVID shot, but there's a reason to rein it in. For starters, sharing a photo can make you a potential identity theft. Also... You don't want to highlight the unequal distribution of the vaccines. Give me a goddamn break. This is from CNBC, who has been begging people for a year to yeah. get the vaccine as soon as it's available. This is from CNBC, which just praises billionaires all day oh, yeah. long on CNBC. That's all they do is interview CEOs about how wonderful they are. 
With supply so constrained, there's some inherent conflict here. We do have to wrestle with how this vaccine has been rolled out. No, we don't. No. You do. <laughs> Is it available? I'm going to get it. Yeah. If there's an unequal distribution, tough fucking shit. Yeah. I'm not the one distributing it. And the only thing that's going to stop the pandemic is people getting a needle in their body. And when I went in that motherfucker, I did not push down a little old lady. I did not knock anyone out of the way. No. I went to a website. I typed my name in, which everyone in this city can do. Yeah. I can't speak for everywhere in America. But if you're going to be pious, it's like an opposite anti-vaxxer. Mm -hmm. Like being mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I'm not going to get it because some old person, like a theoretical person you made up. There were no shortages the day I went. They didn't no. turn anybody away. <laughs> no, they're throwing uh, tons of them away. They are begging you to get this thing. And, and this is just, you know, this is social media run amok and people just it, it's it's brain rot <laughs> doesn't it remind you a little bit of like when guys didn't want to get married and they'd be like i'm not going to get married until the gays can get married <laughs> and then all the gay guys were like no go ahead and get married we don't give a shit doesn't matter us <laughs> like and they're like oh well no we i'm not oh we all have to be equal here and it's like no, no no you go ahead you getting married doesn't stop me from getting married <laughs> like uh, the fact that I can't doesn't mean you can't. The one has nothing to do with the other. If you got a vaccine, it did not take it away from someone else. There are plenty of avenues at this point. Oster was open for 24 straight hours at Zephyr Field giving out vaccination shots. This is not a, a, a supply problem anymore. No. Maybe in the first two weeks. Even then, every single person who got it got us closer to actually getting through this. So I don't care how you got it. Rather than figure out how you can get your own vaccine appointment, help others without the same time oh and God. resources. Oh, my God. Look, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know it, what to tell you. Do you want me to drive around and knock on people's doors? <laughs> I understand some people can't drive places. I don't feed those people. <laughs> I don't clothe the Don't buy the good steak at the grocery store. This is, this is what happens when, for the last 10 years, everyone has said that being personally responsible is a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, it's literally... What, what are we achieving by this? It's insane. Every motherfucker at CNBC is, probably has had it for three months. <laughs> the secret Joe Rogan vaccine that all the rich people got. You can't get a share of Amazon stock until the other guy can get it. It's like, well, no, uh, you guys have the Amazon stock. They don't have the Amazon stock. Was that okay? That's fine, though. That distribution, the distribution of that stock is okay. Post in a way that encourages people to get vaccinated, but prioritizes high-risk groups. Yeah, I'm going to go on my Instagram and go, Everyone under 70, unfollow me right now. <laughs> Time to get the vaccine. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to cultivate my TikTok to only be for people over 65 <laughs> to encourage them. I'm going to do my little dance to, you know, a Kesha song and it's going to be specifically uplifting old people who don't believe in the vaccine and don't see anybody to go get it. With a little Matlock thrown in there, just to keep him uh, entertained. <laughs> oh my God, that is infuriating. Uh, this also infuriating comes from, of course, my favorite source to bring up here, NOLA.com. Uh, but this one, not so much about city government, just about our crumbling dog shit infrastructure. <laughs> 
headline from Tuesday morning. What caused 8,500 customers in New Orleans to lose power? A balloon. <laughs> <laughs> oh no not the hindenburg <laughs> not some not the goodyear blimp we're talking literal balloon <laughs> like would you go to party city and it's a picture of captain america and it goes in the air and it hit a power line and nine thousand people didn't have power oh like a macy's day thanksgiving balloon <laughs> yes no it was not anything like that it was <laughs> the size of your palm oh okay uh Unbelievable. So Entergy said it was a short-lived but mass outage that left thousands of New Orleanians without basic power uh, in the morning. The reason? A basic party store balloon. Energy spokesperson confirmed uh, 8,500 customers lost power at 8, 10 a.m. after a mylar or, or foil balloon floated its way into a fenced-in substation in Gentilly. It put residents and businesses in Gentilly in the dark for 20 minutes. Quote, Anything that comes in contact with power lines or equipment can cause an electric surge, said spokesperson Lee Sabatini, a.k.a. I hate my goddamn job. <laughs> in this instance, it was something as simple as a balloon. Well, I'm glad the Russians have been spending how many years trying to figure out how to hack our technologies <laughs> when it literally takes one balloon to knock out the power of an entire neighborhood. If someone literally just throws a rock in Gentilly, everyone loses power. The fragility of our infrastructure is insane. We get a thousand hurricanes a year. It rains like 700 inches, and yet... We still have done absolutely nothing to make this system any more like uh, sturdy when it comes to stopping power outages. So you live here, you're just like, well, I'll probably have to boil my water like four times a year, and we're going to lose power anytime you know a kid decides he's going to let go of his balloon. What what fucking year is this? But name another city where the mayor made a video trying to get <laughs> Russell Wilson to join the football team <laughs> they also like it was supposed to rain last week and before a drop fell like you can park on the neutral ground <laughs> we, we know it doesn't work you know those hundreds of dollars you paid snwb don't we know just park on the neutral ground you'll be fine maybe the grass will die and then we won't have to cut it anymore win-win <laughs> uh what a child's balloon that was a uh, plot point in a better call saul was a balloon blowing up the infrastructure? No, Mike uh, wanted to cut the power out to a place, so he took Mylar balloons and released them into the power lines. Power went out, and then he broke into the place because there was no security system. I was thinking of like Ocean's Eleven, where they have to get a drill that drilled the channel in order to get the power <laughs> out in Las Vegas. And here, that movie would have been a lot less suspenseful when it's like one guy throwing a pebble into the, the, transfer, the transformer station in Gentilly. He just finds the off switch and yeah. turns it off. <laughs> just like I think that might be a problem everywhere. I don't, I don't know if there are Mylar balloon-proof power lines anywhere. Oh, my God. I mean, let's do something about that then. Let's make a fortress around the area. But I'm busy telling old people to get vaccinated on my fucking Instagram. Uh, this isn't the first time Balloon has been blamed for wiping out electricity to a large swath of the city. That's also a good excuse, though. Like, you know, Bubba just fell asleep and fell out of his chair and 
hit his head on the console as a balloon. Uh, a July 2018 incident left 3,000 customers in the warehouse district without power for two hours, and the same number of mid-city residents lost their electricity the same year before a Saints game. Squirrels and other small animals and even a cat <laughs> have caused mass surges in New Orleans, Energy officials have said. Sabatini stressed that coming into contact with energy lines or equipment can not only cause surges, but is extremely dangerous. No one is trying to get into these power lines. These are things that should be stopped from getting to the... These aren't... This isn't Jethro jumping up and playing the monkey bars on the power lines. No one's doing uh, American Gladiators joust on top of the power lines. This is a squirrel that's knocking out the power of what's supposed to be a major American city. I wonder why we lost power during the Super Bowl that year. It really is confounding at this point. God damn it. Squirrels. Squirrels. <laughs> Even a cat. Um, so I'm sorry, whoever. Mrs. Sabatini, that's a tough gig. That's tough, dude. Being the spokesman for that is not fun. Well, I, he's got plenty of excuses as long as there's small woodland creatures <laughs> or balloons. It would be funny if we went back to phase one. They're like, no more birthday parties. It knocked the power out. Yes. The whole city has to go without it. We've had 9,000 COVID restrictions, <laughs> but balloons, have not. they're still on the list. Uh, wrap us up, Polk. Polk and Kush. It is a sports podcast. It is a lot of fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously. We appreciate you listening. Everybody, you tell about it. It helps out a little. Tell a friend. Tell a relative. Tell your weird neighbor. Post a review on iTunes. If you haven't, we're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Google Podcast. Anything you want, you can find us. You can ask Alexa. I think you can ask Siri, and it'll play us automatically on that we want to thank jansen patagna with french quarter realty we also want to thank ale on oak go to their patio and watch the final four and then next week on the 10th they're gonna have crawfish we'll see you there and we'll see you next time thank you so much thank you ben and burke see you